Hi guys, Brimstone here. Today's video is a subscriber submission from Senior Gupta. It's quite long, so I decided that it really needed its own video to do it justice. I hope you enjoy. These are the events I experienced at one specific location. It's kind of disjointed and skips around a lot, but it's all true. And I would swear it, even with a gun to my head. This whole thing started when I was around 14 years old. Young, sober, and somewhat tasteless. On Friday nights, some of my friends and I would go to the mall to annoy people. You know, crowd up the place and generally do nothing. But we did it there. A few months, we got bored of the mall itself. Some was approaching, and some of us wanted to do more than loiter. There were some woods near the mall that no one really messed with. The kind of place only the landowners and the hunters even touched. Well, that's untrue. Well, they'd found out that the place was pretty much a body dumping ground. Not to mention, rapists had taken women from the mall there. Some were even murdered. Two examples of that kind of thing I know were not hearsay. A man was held at gunpoint by a drug dealer who lived in the nearby farmland, forced to dig his own grave, and then shot in the bottom of it. A different body was exhumed by scavengers, dismembered, and pieces were spread over a large area, including, I shit you not, the decapitated head, which was found on a trail leading to the forest. So the first night that anything happened back there, I was with two friends, we'll call them Mia and Carlos. A little while before dusk, we walked to the forest. I'd been back there a few times already, without incident, and wanted to show them the cool place I had found. The trail leading into the forest was surrounded on both sides by tall grass. We walked down the trail, talking about teenage things, and pointing out all the things we saw of any interest. In some of the grass, I saw an African-American woman in a red dress made of rough material. It looked like hemp or something similar, and a white bonnet of lighter, thinner material. She was maybe 25 or so? She bent down behind the grass and disappeared. Within a few seconds, I'd passed the spot I had seen her, and looked back to see that she wasn't there. Perplexed, I looked up and saw my friends looking at the spot I had saw her. I asked the obligatory, did you guys see that? They had. We all agreed she looked like a slave. We continued walking, not freaked out in the least. We were all somewhat keen on the paranormal, and had either had experiences, or knew someone who had previously. I knew enough to know that a full apparition in pretty much daylight was rare, and was psyched about the whole thing. Beaming like mould after finding the truth, we all chatted on the outside room of the forest. As dusk approached, I got a strange vibe, and we decided to head back to civilization. The trail leading in and out of the woods got thinner and thinner as you walked down its length, until there was a segment where you had to walk in single file. I was first. As we got near that bottleneck, I got a feeling of pure dread. I get feelings a lot. I don't really like the moniker of a medium, and I really hate how we're portrayed in the common media, but to be frank, I fit the bill well enough, especially after all the things that happened. It was mostly empathy at this point in my life, but as this continues, we'll delve into all that more. I didn't want to include all of it, but I think leaving it out is kind of robbing you all of what really happened. So believe me or not, it doesn't change what happened. The feeling got intense, and I stopped to scan the environment for any threats. Things just felt wrong. It's hard to describe. 
I see it, dead centre in the trail. Blocking the path was the silhouette of a person. It wasn't very opaque, but it distorted the light behind it. Carlos later compared it to the way that the Predator looked in the original film, which it sort of did, but it was less distorted than that. It was like a clear shadow six and a half feet tall. The imposing figure was checking us out. Things didn't feel right. It gave the impression of not being human. I thought, at a rapid, adrenaline-fueled pace, it wants to hurt me. It must be able to. How? What can it do? I felt the thing's mind brush against my own, like it was looking through me. Goosebumps erupted all over my body, and I completely panicked. It was a completely alien feeling, and something I had never thought could happen. It was violating. I was immediately angry. On top of my deep fear, I focused all my willpower on expelling the thing. And amazingly, it worked. We ran out of there as fast as we could. I had never felt so scared in my life. But it also felt... kind of amazing. I was instantly addicted to that place. Carlos never returned there, and I can't blame him. For several weeks afterwards, I tried to learn more about what happened that night, and a few others. Some sources were reliable, some were absolutely full of shit. Vampires, satanic cult activity, that kind of thing. I was stunned by the things some people tried to tell me. I just wanted an explanation to what I saw and felt. After a while, I met some people who seemed to know what they were talking about. They eventually turned out to be some lifelong friends of mine, and this event brought us into each other's lives. I'll call them Joe and Scott. They were several years older than me, but I was pretty mature, so we kind of evened out. They told me about the ins and outs of energy work and psychic protection. I'm sure I lost some of you there, but ask yourself, do you believe in spirits? If so, how far-fetched is the idea that you can interact with them in the same way they interact with you? We're just spirits surrounded by meat anyway. This concept has been around since time immemorial and is widely embraced around the world. So Joe and Scott took me under their wing. Scott and I had a lot of long talks, confirming private thoughts I had had my whole life, and started to explain things in terms that made sense, but weren't really off-putting. I will admit at this point that I was an information sponge. After being confronted by a spirit and defending myself, I was not being all that sceptical. Joe knew this, and sort of sheltered me from the things Scott said that were utter bullshit. Scottisms, as we later began to call them. Not to discredit the guy, he just overinterpreted some of what he read or was told. Over the following weeks, I got a crash course in everything from classical witchcraft, eastern energy work, meditation techniques, and all those sorts of things. None of these things were told to be the truth. I was simply told about them, and left to make my own conclusions which I did. I got the idea in my head that engaging in more confrontations with the things back there would make me stronger, and made it my mission to go fight all the ghosts. I'm laughing at the thought of that, one of the worst interpretations I could have had. I'm not going to drag this down anymore about this stuff, as I'm sure a lot of you think I'm already crazy, but this was the path I followed. I had to take Joe and Scott back there, they were less convinced about how goddamn creepy the place was than I. One night, we waited until well after it was totally dark outside. 
Joe could barely see in the first place, so Nighttime Woods' adventures weren't really up his alley. Scott and I walked out to the edge of the woods. Silence. This was my tenth or so excursion, and sometimes it was totally inactive. But we walked into the woods regardless, having come this far anyway. The moon was out that night, so we could see well enough, and constantly scanned our environment. It always felt wrong in there, and it was huge. About ten miles or so. I took him to the edge of a creek I had found. It served as a barrier between my section and some very muddy marshland I never went past. There was a lot more woods over there, though, so we sat at the edge of the creek, just looking at the night sky and smoking cigarettes, talking well into the evening. It was almost two when we left that spot, much later in the evening than I usually stayed. Where had the time gone? We made our way towards the tree line, which was well away from where we were. The area we were walking in felt okay, but a familiar air of foreboding soon crept into my senses. I looked at Scott, and he seemed a little more alert than usual. It seemed as if we were walking towards danger, which was somewhat odd, as we were much more vulnerable before. As we neared the edge of the woods, shadows crept into our vision, several of them. The same as before, only they weren't quite as tall. They stayed a good distance away, like they were watching us, standing in their spot, barely moving. Scott and I continued past, scared shitless, but resolute nonetheless. As we made it near the edge, one of them ran at us, like a full-on, inhuman sprint. I heard the leaves rustle underneath of it as it ran. It stopped two feet in front of me, its face hovering near mine. No eyes, no details, just shadow that distorted the air behind. Its mind drilled into mine, and I pushed back, at which point it moved. After a non-confrontational few minutes, we walked past them and left the woods. I was really happy that Scott had gotten to see them, and immediately started pounding the poor guy for info. He hadn't encountered them before, but he did make comparisons to shadow people. Though both of us had seen those before, and these were different. We gave them a name, though sadly... It was later used in popular culture, and I avoid using it to keep the ideas very separate. They weren't outwardly hostile, but at the same time, all I knew was that they had previously attacked me, and I wasn't okay with that. I couldn't figure out what they were doing there, and the obsession drove me to keep engaging them whenever I got the chance. So I kept going, and kept trying to confront them. Honestly, I wanted them to attack me. I wanted a confrontation. A challenge, and there were nights when I got it. Usually alone at this point, I would just walk in at night and wait for one to come. Usually more than one did. Sometimes we would just stare at each other. Sometimes they would chase me out, which was always horrifying. Imagine you're in the woods and you hear something running up to you, extremely close, with dry leaves being crushed in rapid succession towards you but you can barely see the thing running at you. That always scared the shit out of me. Some nights, I tried to fight back, rarely ever winning, but always, I became more proficient. It was my little hobby at the time. Besides all that, I made maps, left markers, and found a whole lot of shit back there, a 50s era junkyard that nature was reclaiming steadily, complete with a prison bus and a really degraded selection of appliances. 
the foundation of an old home with a well nearby, open to the ground and full of black water, and I have to mention a very eerie Hills of Isaac-esque back brace just lying under a tree that creeped everyone out. I learned the forest inside and out, so much that I moved on for a few years, taking the lessons I had learned there and using it to go find other places. I explored a lot in those days and found some really amazing places, trying to find somewhere even more active than those woods. Try as I might, I just couldn't. There were some really scary and fucked up places, and I loved it all to death, but they just didn't have the same effect. Something like three years later, I got the itch again and started going back. This was mostly prompted by a few of my friends not believing my admittedly extreme experiences, so I made it my mission to prove to them, and maybe even myself after all that time, that those woods were no joke. By this time, I was in a new school and had a few more close friends than before, namely Robert, my best friend, and my girlfriend at the time, Jane. They didn't believe a word of it. Rob was a sceptic somewhat, and Jane was even more so. One day, I took Robert there on a whim. It had been a long time since I'd been back there, and the forest looked a little different, and I got lost a few times before I found the meadow. There were a few spots in there that I just liked, and weren't creepy in the least, one of which was a small grassy opening around a groundwater stream. The stream came out of the ground on one end and sunk back on the other. Four trees lined its length. The whole spot took up something like 35 feet and was surrounded by thick thorns. It was beautiful and very hard to get to, so it was awesome in my book. Robert and I sat there and talked for a while, lit cloves and just chilled. It was daytime, and the fact that this place would even be scary was in the back of my mind. Eventually, I got up to relieve myself, and we heard a sound to this day I still cannot explain. It was a shrill scream at the level of the canopy and somewhat distant, hundreds of feet away. It started behind me and moved at an extremely rapid rate until it was in front before it stopped, never having gotten closer. I've spent a lot of time outdoors and I will say with confidence that it was not a bird, nor was it anything I had come across previously. The way the sound travelled was just too fast. Nothing could move like that. We left the woods after that, and Robert couldn't explain either, which felt nice. I started going regularly again, but before long, the figures made appearances. This time, though, I progressed a long way in my spiritual journey, and made no indication of being confrontational. To my surprise, neither did they. Just silence and a general air of scrutiny, like they were looking me over. It felt as if they wouldn't mess with me anymore. It immediately became clear that my past interactions with them only turned negative if I did something first, whether it be trespassing on their land or being a prick and picking fights. They weren't just inhuman monsters, but sort of guardian spirits. I felt a lot of guilt for having acted the way I had in the years prior. It took a little while, but me and them have respect for one another now, a bond even. I learned a lot through them, and I still look at them as a big part of my life. It was then Jane's turn. She thought I was crazy, no bones about it. She understood that it meant a lot to me, but she surely didn't believe a word I was saying about the place. Not because it was so far-fetched, but because she had no proof. 
I took her there one night, and I guess that wasn't okay. Once we reached the spot where I could usually count on seeing them, we stopped and waited. Jane was already kind of nervous being there at night, but I gave her some words of confidence and we stayed. The moon was really bright that night, and I could see perfectly. And before long, one of them showed up, then a few more. I pointed at the closest one, and she made a little gasp noise. More surprise than fright. There were around seven, all gathered round. I knew she believed me now. Whereas I still hadn't really bonded with them, they were still acting really antsy. One ran at us after we crossed into treeline, and we left the area immediately. Although they didn't scare at me anymore, I didn't want Jane to get touched by one, which is a really horrible feeling, like pure frozen dread. A real shock to the system. I made a friend who was deep in paranormal trouble, so he thought, and I wanted to help him. It was a silly situation most dabblers get themselves into at some point, and his case wasn't even that bad. After two weeks, his situation was resolved, and we were fast friends. Doug, as he was called, had taken a keen interest in my experiences. Obviously, I had to show him what was going on back there. After giving him the ground rules, we went on our first day walk there. Doug was immediately entranced by the place, maybe more than I was. So I walked him around and told him everything that went down there previously. A rare honour at the time, but once this gets posted, I guess it won't mean much. Something like four hours into this grand tour, we called it quits, and Doug couldn't get enough. I taught him everything I had learned, like Scott and Joe had taught me. He and I made that place our home away from home, driving up there almost every day and exploring the tract with renewed interest. It was amazing to have someone as interested in me. Him and I called it the Stomping Grounds, and the name stuck. We had all sorts of experiences, not all of which were paranormal, but were memorable. One night, we heard someone with what sounded like pots attached to them walk aimlessly around the underbrush, though we could never find them, and they didn't respond when we called out to them, still on the fence of calling that paranormal. We got shot at by a landowner at 1am, running through the pitch black woods to try and escape. One of the scariest things I've ever endured. All sorts of things happened back there, and I didn't think I was capable of being scared off. I was wrong. Several months of the usual stomping grounds activity, and things started to pick up a little. The place just felt malevolent. The figures had all but disappeared, and it was much heavier inside than it had been. It just felt wrong. By this time, Doug had gotten into a relationship with someone who had been heavily involved in this kind of thing her entire life. Doug had to show her the stomping grounds, so we scheduled an excursion, and eventually the time came. We went in at daylight, an hour or two before the sun went down, and walked around. Not deep in the forest in the least, just biding our time and waiting for dusk. It was actually a really fun day. We had a ball, made a badass fine swing and swung like ape men over the forest floor. As the sun started to go down, the whole vibe turned around. We all just got silent. The change was sudden. The air got really thick, almost hazy. And we split up, wordlessly. All sort of doing our own thing for ten minutes or so. I walked to the edge of a little stream and stopped dead in my tracks. I had never felt anything like it in the years I had been doing this kind of thing. Only one time has anything surpassed it to date.
Something nearby was very interested in us, and it felt unhappy. A very predatory feeling. It seethed with violence. I have never felt so vulnerable. Even holding a giant machete we used to clear brush if needed. I slowly walked back towards Doug and Sherry. We all reconvened in a matter of minutes. Once we were in each other's sights, we heard it. I can't even hope to describe the sound well enough. It was too damn scary. A loud, almost primate-like call. A whooping sound. Not quite a scream, but close, and getting closer. Similar to the one Robert and I had heard. I didn't see what was making it, but the sound was loud enough to make distinctions. It was bigger than a deer, at least. In the treetops, and coming towards us fast. We all ran as fast as we could out there. The screaming continued right on our heels. I remember running with no abandon. My machete in my right arm, swinging madly as I sprinted like an Olympian through the dense undergrowth. Thorn bushes disintegrated as I mowed through them. I honestly thought whatever it was could kill me, and to this day I've never been as scared. Even when faced with more immediately dangerous situations... It continued to chase us until we broke the tree line. A massive gust of wind blew over us once we were out of there, and it muffled the screaming significantly. We kept running until we were back at the car, and drove out of there, never looking back. Most of the woods are gone now, cut down to make room for the modern world. I've only been back once or twice, just for nostalgia's sake, and I left long before dusk. That place genuinely scares the hell out of me. So remember, not all spirits inhabit old houses and graveyards. Okay guys, I hope you enjoyed that story. It really, really was interesting reading it out. Um, I want to say a massive, massive thank you to Senior Gupta for submitting it. If you guys have a story that you want to share with me, definitely feel free to drop me an email. I've left the details in the description box below. Also, like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. It helps me out so much, and it's really, really appreciated all that you do for me. So, until next time, sleep tight. <laughs>